0: Death comes unexpectedly!
1: (laughs) Uh, It's one of my favourite scenes from the 1960 film Pollyanna, where the pastor launches into a hellfire and brimstone sermon that sets the chandeliers rattling. Of course, Pollyanna changes his perspective and helps him to have a bit more of a positive view of life in the end, but nevertheless, he does make a point. Death does come unexpectedly. It's something we usually avoid thinking about, until we're forced to confront its reality, often at the bedside of someone we love. Yvonne Hippolyte is a counsellor and a chaplain at the Sydney Adventist Hospital. While the rest of us are running the other way, she chooses to engage with situations of death and dying every time she steps through the door of her workplace. And my question is, why would anyone want to do that?
0: This is Signs of the Times Radio with Kent Kingston.
1: What do you find valuable about working in that sort of environment where people are sick and sometimes, you know, don't make it out?
0: It's not everybody that doesn't make it out. The well, majority of people do make it well, out. Well, that's and, right. Uh, and I'm, praise God for that. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I'm I'm so used to working in a hospital setting. Mm-hmm. My background is cardiac physiology. And so working in the capacity of a, as a chaplain is not an unusual role for me taking mm-hmm. care of the sick. Mm-hmm.
1: For you, and this is something I've noticed visiting hospitals, for the a lot of the staff, this is just day-to-day work this is nine to five Um, whenever I'm in a hospital uh, particularly if it's me or my family who needs to be there it's a big deal Um, this is a often a a major thing in my life something I'll remember for a long time after that do you find that when you are meeting with people in hospitals that there's a lot of emotion there I mean is this why we need chaplains in hospitals because these are often life-changing events so
0: the role of a chaplain is not just for the patient, it's also for the staff mm-hmm. and also for relatives who attend the hospital to visit their sick relatives from sure. time to time. And our our role as support mm-hmm. workers, our role is there to, to be a presence. Mm-hmm. When people are finding it difficult to enter a, an unfamiliar setting, mm. an unfamiliar environment, And also one where they're just not sure what they're going to find. Mm. They're not sure how their relative or friend is going to present themselves at that time. Mm. And it also means that they're often dealing with things in their own personal lives, which makes it difficult for them to face what they're the person who they're visiting mm, is going mm. through.
1: Yeah, people have, you know, fears of heights, fear, fears of spiders, fears of, you know, public speaking, mm. but they say the fear of the unknown mm. is sometimes the greatest. And I guess that's the scary thing about hospital, isn't it? That you, you go in there and you don't necessarily know which way it's going to go, what the di- diagnosis is going to be, what the prognosis is. Is, is that part of the, the scariness of a hospital for a patient and their family?
0: That is part of uh, the journey.
2: Mm.
0: We usually say that uh, when patients enter... A hospital. They're entering on a journey.
2: Mm-hmm. Now
0: that journey can be short or it can be long.
2: Mm.
0: And that journey can be a difficult one or it can be a, a an enjoyable one. Mm. It's not all part of chaplaincy work. That's mm. all
1: doom and gloom. Well, that's we right. are there you, you, to you go into hospital to get better, to get healed, and, and right. sometimes you to have
0: babies. Yet? To yeah. to
1: to receive good news mm. in some cases. Mm.
0: And so we're there as a, a support mechanism for the good times and the bad
2: times. Mm. Mm.
0: Our role is uh, one where from a day-to-day basis we're not sure when we enter a patient's room Mm. what we will encounter. Wow. And so each patient presents with a different finding. Each patient presents with a different demeanor. Mm
2: -hmm. Some
0: have just come out of surgery. Some are not wishing to see a chaplain. Mm -hmm. Others wish to see a chaplain but not now. Mm -hmm. And others do not want to see a chaplain at all. Because... Number one of their fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm. They don't know why has a chaplain come to see me. Um, it must be really bad news if a chaplain has come to see me. Mm-hmm. And often mm-hmm. people people um, have that preconceived ideas.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: The initial part of my interaction with a, with a patient or a relative is often one of trying to make them feel comfortable mm-hmm. in my presence, uh, to let them know that I'm not there to give a Bible study. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm there to offer support when mm. where's needed and I'm also off, uh, there to offer a listening ear mm. if it's needed because often when people are sick especially towards the end of their life mm. uh, we they have to they often have to do a lot of checks and balances mm. and it's it can be very difficult with a, a, family.
1: A bit of an inventory of, of yes, their lives and right. what's important.
0: That's right. And it can be difficult to, for them to do that with family members. Mm. who, Number one, may not want to talk to them about the process of dying. Yeah,
1: you're not dying, mum. Fight it, fight it all the right. way. Yeah.
0: And, and, mm. our, and our job is there to say, okay, this is the reality of the situation. Mm. You know, what are the things that maybe you need to put in order? Mm. Who are the things that you need to... Um, who are the people that you need to speak with Mm. um are are there things that you need to get off your chest that maybe it's difficult you know often we we have a role as a listening ear but we also have a role as a mediator in many cases um death and you know they say death and weddings Mm -hmm. um are often times that brings out family dynamics in a very, very, very real way.
1: The, the best and the worst That's in people. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I'm trying to picture myself, uh, Yvonne, in your shoes. Mm-hmm. As you said, you know, standing outside the room of a patient just about to go in, not knowing what you're going to face. Is it, you know, are you going to get resistance? Are you going to get uh, you know, tears and, and a hug? Thank goodness you're here. Mm-hmm. That must be a little bit nerve-wracking some days to, you know, every day you you go to work there to know that's what you're going to face.
0: I wouldn't say it's nerve-wracking. Like I said, going into each patient's room presents with a different scenario every time Mm -hmm. because people are different. There are no two patients that are the same. They may have the same diagnosis, but they're not the same people. Mm.
1: So you just have to stay continually open and ready and Wow. Absolutely.
0: It's not just the patients, because many times I enter a patient's room and the patient's unconscious,
2: Mm.
0: but there are relatives there. Mm -hmm. And I can often find out a lot about the patients and the dynamics and which uh, the family dynamics in which they're coming from, Mm -hmm. just by the interaction, maybe with husband who's waiting for their wife to come out of surgery, Mm. maybe with the children who've just been told that their parent, you know, has been diagnosed with cancer. Mm. And there are others that maybe they haven't been told the diagnosis. Mm. And and the doctors have discussed with us the bad news. Mm. And they said, please accompany me with to the patient's bedside so that when I deliver the news and I leave the room, I'm leaving you mm-hmm. to comfort.
1: Mm, to be um, a sounding board. Right. to Yeah. That's right. Wow. Okay. Well, in uh, this month's Signs of the Times, mm-hmm. uh, y- Yvonne... Uh, We have, um, the June Signs of the Times, we have an article by uh, one of our regular writers, uh, Mm -hmm. Melissa Howell, entitled Death is Not the End, and... In that article, she explores a, a number of different incidents from her own life, where she and and her children in particular, mm-hmm. um, she really seems to see it through their eyes, having to confront death sort of mm-hmm. for the first time. And yet, yeah, she explores this idea of death and and what we me what meaning we make of it as humans and how we cope. With um, trying to make sense of it, um, I imagine some of those themes that she raises in the article must resonate with the experience you have as a hospital chaplain.
0: It is because one I mean, and the article was a very interesting article mm. in this in this um, this month's Signs of the Times, and uh, one of the. Questions it raises, or the many questions it raises, is literally what happens after death, mm. and this is some of the things, some of the questions that we get faced mm. with.
1: It's a pretty abstract question, it's, isn't it, for most of our lives, it is. until suddenly we're faced with you know our own imminent demise or, or someone close to us. Is that something you see in in your work at the hospital that this question it does suddenly become quite urgent for some people?
0: It becomes quite urgent, and it becomes quite urgent. Not necessarily after the patient has died, mm-hmm. but often when the patient is dying. Mm-hmm. Because often people begin to grieve a long time before the patient has actually passed away.
2: Sure, sure.
0: And so those questions, they're able to audit mm. well before the patient has actually passed away. In fact, that's probably in many cases a relief mm. for um, some of the relatives when that does happen.
2: Mm.
0: Because death is, uh, is, is, is a relief of suffering
2: for mm, many of them
0: mm. it's not just the, the loss of an individual but it can be the release in many cases of, of of the trauma that they've had to endure while they have watched their patient or watched their their, 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 their loved staff or, or their loved mm, one uh, mm. pass away
1: boy and that's a mixed emotion isn't it because mm. here's someone who you've been close to possibly for a very long time who you've sort of urged come on we can make it through this you can fight it through and and then in the end you have to let them go and then you feel this sense of relief, and it sort of seems like a betrayal for some people, you know, to feel that relief. Um, well, you know, what relief? As in, I'm happy that they're gone, but I'm not. I'm sad that they're gone. It's boy, it's a mixed bag of emotions, isn't it?
0: It is a mixed bag. You know, for the for the Christian, there is a hope in death. Mm. But remember, all Christians don't necessarily have relatives that mm. that they know are. are mm-hmm are in the hands of God, mm. we, we still don't even know that that's, that's a God decision. That's mm. not our decision. Yeah. We don't know how God moves on the human heart, even at the point of death. Mm-hmm. But we do know that he can, and he has. Mm. And so, it's not that we offer false hope to anybody, mm. but the Bible makes it very clear that there is eternal life has been offered to everybody, mm, mm. Or will be offered to everybody. And uh, the choice is not just a personal choice. Uh, I'll give you an example. Mm. When uh, the other day, I went to visit a, a patient on the ward, and the friend was in the room, mm-hmm. uh, but the friend was so close, they were, were as if they were a relative. Mm-hmm. And they said, oh, the chaplain's here to see you. And I'm, so I'm going to leave you for a while. So mm-hmm. number one, they recognized that this person who was a, uh, a person of faith mm-hmm. needed to, to talk and they weren't able to fill that gap for that mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. And so as immediately the woman left the room. I was left with the patient and the patient began to cry. Mm-hmm. They began to cry because their thought of them having the faith and knowing what faith meant to them and knowing that death was not the end mm-hmm. for, for, for them, they were more concerned with, what happens to all my family that don't know Christ?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: What happens to them? And, their, and their, their angst, their anxiety, their frustration was, what am I going to do with all these people who are going to mourn for me mm-hmm. but ha- do not have the hope that wow. I have? Wow. And uh, we sat there and audited that for, for a little while. Mm. And, and and she was left with that comforting thought that eternal life's offered to everybody.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Everybody will have the choice.
2: Mm.
0: Everybody will have the opportunity. But not everybody will accept.
2: Mm.
1: Which is free but, will.
0: Which is free will, but mm. not. once again, it may not be something that she would see in her lifetime. Mm. But that doesn't mean to say that God is still not working on the human heart. Mm. So the fact that um, she wanted to see her relatives come to faith... While she was alive, mm-hmm. that reality may not be the case.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, but you never know. I said, even through even through death, people can come to faith,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and
0: God speaks to the human heart in so many ways that we know not of, and we know not how. Mm-hmm. But we just have to believe that He can, and He does.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it was uh, the Apostle Paul who who wrote in the New Testament, um, you know, talking about death and things. He said. That we Christians do not mourn like those who have no hope. That's right. Um, and I think you, you used the phrase mm-hmm. before. You know, that Christians have this hope when it comes yes. to death. Can you outline for us what what exactly you mean by that? And, and of course, different Christians see it differently. But yes, um, what what do you read in the Bible that sort of helps you understand what um, what the apostle Paul might have meant in in saying that?
0: For the Christian, death is is like a sleep. You know, mm-hmm. we, we believe that when you die, that your body returns to the ground or to the dust, dust to dust, ashes mm-hmm. to ashes, but your breath, who you are, now remains in the hands of God. Mm-hmm. It's not a physical breath in terms of a physical, you know, most people say, oh, the poor soul died. Mm-hmm. Well, it wasn't the soul that died. The person is a living soul while they're alive, and when, mm-hmm. they're, when they're dead, they're a dead soul. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that... Uh, you know, the Bible makes it very clear about what actually happens to a person's body. Mm. And the breath that was given has just literally uh, so-called been
1: returned to God. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I guess we hear the phrase at funerals, you know, ashes to ashes, mm. dust to dust. Mm. That is, is that a biblical quote? It's a biblical quote. Oh, there you yes. go. Yeah. And, and, and so far as death being asleep is concerned, I mean... Uh, a number of our listeners, you know, may have been brought up Christian, may have, you know, gone to Sunday school very regularly and never heard this idea that death is asleep. And they may be very confused right now. So, where where in the Bible does it say that death is, is asleep?
0: So, uh, it, you know, in Ecclesiastes 12, it mm. tells us that the dust returns to the ground from which it came from and the mm-hmm. spirit returns to God who gave
2: it. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, there are many other cases in terms of when we compare Genesis and we compare Daniel and we compare uh, of all of these texts, they speak very clearly about how Jesus reacted to the whole idea of, of, of death mm. and
1: what it meant when he was around. Mm. Well, I mean, that, that verse from Ecclesiastes mm. you you read us mm-hmm. didn't use the word sleep. In fact, it said the the spirit goes goes up to God. And mm. I guess a lot of people say that, that when someone dies, that they have some part of them that is a spirit that goes up to God and, you know, mummy's in heaven, they say, Mm. Um, and they hope she's not somewhere else, I guess. Um, But are, are there places in the Bible where the word sleep is specifically used?
0: You know, when Jesus literally said to his disciples that he's going to see Lazarus who was asleep. Mm. and the And the disciples took that as a literal sleep, well obviously mm. he's going to get better then mm.
2: you know?
0: but then Jesus says to them very plainly mm. let me let me help you understand Jesus Lazarus is actually dead
1: mm. okay, so Jesus himself who who you'd say would have to be an authority when it comes to these matters of the soul and spirit and afterlife, spoke of death as asleep, he mm. he actually did use that word. That's right. Okay, all right. I'm also thinking of um, the the prophet Daniel. I think right towards the end of the book of Daniel, an angel comes to him and and he says, Daniel, go in peace. You you know you will sleep with your ancestors, and you know and then sort of hints at a resurrection at at the at the end of time. Is that picture of of a resurrection also consistent with what we see elsewhere in the Bible?
0: So, not just the picture of the resurrection, but who will do the resurrecting. Okay. And, you know, Jesus himself says that he's he will come again. Mm-hmm. And in that coming again, he's coming for all those who have died
2: mm-hmm. in
0: faith. And then he will come for those who are living. Mm-hmm. At the time in faith, and that makes it. Um, that's made very clear through the book of Revelation
1: mm-hmm. as well. Okay, and I guess um, what was it? First Thessalonians chapter four Thess- or something? Yes, there's yeah, there's old old a old. really clear text in there. It yes. talks about what the trumpet of God yeah, and, the, and, the uh,
0: okay. yeah, and then the, yeah, yes. the dead in Christ shall rise.
1: Yeah, that's that's the one. Yeah, the dead in Christ shall rise, and we are who are alive will be caught yes. up together to meet them. So, so if the resurrection is real, and the Bible talks about the resurrection in a lot of different places, you know, the resurrection of the dead. Mm-hmm. It sort of doesn't make a whole lot of sense to go straight to heaven when you die, and then be zapped back down to your body at the time of resurrection to be raised all over. You know, it's I you know don't while
0: know. while while that is that's the theology that mm. we we understand and mm-hmm. that's the theology that we we, we hope in. Mm. But you know, when someone's lost their loved one, mm. you know that is not always the time to give them that that study on the state Mm. of the dead Mm
2: -hmm.
0: because they're hurting right now if you've ever lost anybody Mm. that's been very close to you be it you know a a person or an animal Mm -hmm. then or somebody who you've cared for or who you've loved very much it can be it can be very difficult to understand the whys of what what's happened Mm
1: -hmm. or the mechanics of exactly what has happened yeah sure
0: and uh, and and in that you know so often people do find comfort in the fact that yes my my loved one is is looking down on me mm. um from heaven and 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 it gives them some kind of solace now while mm. that may not be the truth that we
1: believe
2: mm.
0: at that point I, I don't dispel as a chaplain i don't dispel that
1: sure that it's, that it's not the time or the it's place the time or, 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 or your or role place. necessarily. That's yeah. right,
0: sure. and it, and, it, and it's certainly it, I I don't have the right to do that, mm. you know, especially because people come from different faiths, especially in a hospital setting,
2: mm.
0: where their their culture and beliefs will often dictate how mm. how and what they mm. believe, especially with what happens after death.
1: So so how, how do you deal with that then? If you, um, I mean, I've been over to mm-hmm. the hospital there. I've seen people of, you know, people wearing Sikh turbans. Yes. I've seen, you know, women wearing Muslim hijabs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Christians of all persuasions mm-hmm. are, are going through there. So when it, it does come to this time of trying to deal with the thought of dying with mm-hmm. death and you are there talking to these people. Mm -hmm. They have beliefs that are quite different from yours. Mm -hmm. How do you deal with that situation? Because I think this is helpful for our listeners too, Mm -hmm. because a lot of us will have friends who have close family who have died or who are Mm -hmm. dying and want to know, well, I see death and dying quite differently to Mm -hmm. this person. How can I still be a comfort to them without sort of betraying what I truly Mm -hmm. believe about it?
0: Well, first of all, I think you have to see people as people, Mm -hmm. not based on their faith Mm -hmm. when you see people as people you recognise that death is a loss to anybody sure no matter what religion you're from or Mm. what background you're from or what culture you're from, the loss of a loved one is the loss of a loved one.
2: Mm. And it hurts.
0: And it hurts. Mm. And it hurts. You know, when a mother loses their child, it doesn't matter whether they're a Muslim, a Christian, a Sikh, a Buddhist, Mm. it makes no difference. You've lost a child and Mm. that loss is a very real sense. And once you can connect with the person Mm. on that level, then you've connected with the person. How they play out the funeral details and, and the... And the celebration of the person's life is based on their culture and based on their religion. Mm. But loss is loss. And I think when when I enter a room, I don't think, oh, I'm entering the room of a Buddhist, or mm. oh, I'm entering the room room of a of, of a Sikh. Mm. Uh, what I'm entering is I'm entering a person's room, mm. a person who is sick, who mm. has come to hospital for healing, or who has come to hospital to receive the care mm. as necessary for their long-term prognosis you know my thing is that to each room that i enter i'm going to bring the gospel
1: but the gospel a, 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 is not a, a, how do you mean that do you exactly. mean you're, you're going to preach at an evangel- an absolutely,
0: evangelical absolutely sermon not, or something absolutely not sometimes people are not in that position to number one receive a, a, an audible word mm. or, or even a written word mm. but my my presence when i say bring the gospel I mean, bringing the gospel in ways that are very meaningful to a person, that offer comfort to that person, offer solace and, mm. and relevance at the time when they need it most, and Often when they have more questions than answers, Mm. Um, bringing the gospel is is bringing Jesus into the room Mm. without even having to say the word, Mm. without even having to bring in my audible or how can I say my faith directly into confrontation with another Mm. person, but to to tell them to understand this is who I'm representing, Mm. but I'm
1: here for you. And I guess yes. if, if you're representing Jesus, that requires you to behave in a way that Jesus would. And and we know from from reading the New Testament that he responded to particularly weak and hurting and broken people with incredible compassion. He
0: did, and he respected who they were. Mm. He met them where they were at. Mm-hmm. And then out of that, they then became a follower, not, mm. just, not just at the point in, say... You know this is the way to go mm. yes he understands but he befriended people first and i think my role as a chaplain is about meeting people where they're at mm-hmm. in their sickness in their low times in their joys it's about celebrating with people it's about grieving with people mm. it's about mourning with people mm. and it's also about crying with people who who are at that time where. They'll need that courage, they'll need that strength, they'll need that support mechanism. Or they might not need a so a single word, mm. but they just might need a presence. I remember walking past a room one day, and it wasn't one of the rooms that I had to visit. Mm-hmm. It wasn't on my list of people to... To, to visit for that particular day but I felt the Spirit say you need to go back you need to go back at that time and I saw an mm-hmm. elderly a man with his hand hanging over the side of the bed and I went uh, to him and he wasn't able to speak at that time mm-hmm. but I saw him holding his hand out and so I held his hand mm-hmm. and at that moment he died Wow. And, and sometimes when you listen to the Spirit, the Spirit tells you to be in places where you don't know why, you don't understand the reason for your presence there. Mm. But He's saying, you know, Jesus is saying, You are my feet, you are my hands, mm. you are my representative, so therefore, please beware. I ask you to be.
1: Wow. That really reminds me of something uh, I think Mother Teresa said, um, mm. that, you know, no one should have to die alone. Mm. You know, it's important to have someone mm. with you there. Yes, something terrible is happening, mm. and but you don't have to do it alone. Wow. So how do you... Uh, as a person, deal with, I mean, this must be a very emotional thing to deal with this day after day. Do you have to sort of take stock of, of yourself spiritually? How do you strengthen yourself spiritually and emotionally to, to go out and, and deal with that with warmth and compassion You know, day after day?
0: You know, I, I mean, I'm not alone in this. This whole hospital is, is full of, of caring individuals who mm. day after day have to return to the workplace or the, the scene where they've had to deal with uh, some form of trauma mm. over either a short period or a long period of time. So I'm not alone in in, in that sort of sense. But um, dealing with it on a day-to-day basis, yes, I have to take personal stock of who mm. I am,
2: mm-hmm.
0: of, of what I believe in, and um, I do that daily by just reading the Word. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I have a good support mechanism around me. The mm. team in which I belong are a very supportive team. Mm-hmm. They are uh, a very cohesive and uh, and an alert team to, mm. to recognizing certain signs mm-hmm. uh,
1: that you might be heading towards burnout or yes, finding yeah, life a bit you know, tricky, and, yeah. we're, and
0: we all look out for one another. Mm. And I and I think um, from that point of view, that support mechanism makes every single day not only a real one, mm-hmm. but it makes it makes one where you know you can go in, knowing that you can also come away having dealt the best with each situation that you
1: possibly can. I mean, the hospital keeps funding chaplains to to do this, so I, I imagine you, you must, or the hospital must. Find that this is producing some sort of positive result. Do, do you find people are calmer, clearer, happier, more content after after you've spoken to them?
0: In some cases, yeah. in some cases. I, I know it's hard Never to judge. It's, it's it's very hard to, hard to to judge once you've left the room. Mm-hmm. How how patients will have received your care. But mm-hmm. you usually during the interaction you can get a, a good sense of, mm. of if you're making a difference or not. And often the difference is not a measurable difference and saying, oh that was a I was a person well healed spiritually, that was a person well healed socially.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It may mean that they've had one step closer to mm. understanding where they are. It may mean that they taking one step closer to to be to being able to audit their own life.
1: Mm-hmm. So, Yvonne, if there are, if if so often it's difficult to ha- find measurable results in in what you do. Why do you keep doing it? What do you get out of it? Because this is the purpose.
0: This is the purpose. You know that our potential is not really to to tick all the boxes so that mm-hmm. we have visited all these people, but without any results. Mm-hmm. But there are feedbacks. People do give feedback. Mm-hmm um but even though we're not doing this so that we get the feedback mm. we're doing this because it's the right thing to do
2: mm.
0: because people have expressed a need mm. Um, Even, you know, often we'll go into a room and people say, no, 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 thank you, no chaplain, because they obviously think, you know, you're here for a spiritual purpose and to deliver some Bible message. And they're not really at that stage Mm -hmm. or it's not the right or appropriate time. Mm -hmm. And so they, they turn you away. But often our first interaction with patients is an introductory one. Mm-hmm. And over time, some of the lasting and more meaningful relationships that I've had within the hospital are ones that have said on the first meeting, no, thank you. There you go. But over time, because I've treated them as people mm. and not just conditions or you are a, a label,
2: mm-hmm.
0: then um, we've struck up a very good conversation. And often, like I said, sometimes I don't always meet the patient, mm. the patients aren't. Un- conscious at the time that i've arrived in the room Mm. and i will get to meet the relatives Mm. and that relationship builds over time and then questions come about faith Mm. but it's about understanding the person understanding the person's life their interaction with the patient and then helping them to audit the process that the patient's going through so, yeah, my mm-hmm. role is many and varied.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and and it sounds like it, it is really valuable. I mean, I know sometimes, you know, human relationships generally are a little bit hard to mm-hmm. pin down and, mm-hmm. and categorize, but, but I, I can see your warmth and I can see your positivity and, and I can just imagine... Um, the word you used mm-hmm. earlier in the interview was presence you know mm-hmm. I, I can imagine the impact of your presence mm-hmm. there in in those difficult times mm-hmm. so yeah thank you so much for, for your presence here too thank on uh, Signs of the Times radio really appreciate it and yeah, yeah. God bless you in, in what you're doing thank Yvonne. you so much Kent.
0: today's episode was based on an article appearing in this month's Signs of the Times magazine A subscription is just $26 for 11 issues a year. To find out more, visit signsofthetimes.org.au. Signs of the Times has been published in Australia since 1886 and is proudly produced by Adventist Media.